Let it be. And we'll give him all the glory. Now, I want you to go. I'm going to try to do this. Go to back to Revelation chapter 4. And um, I want to build on where we were last week, but I'm not going to take a lot of time. I said that last week, and I ended up taking a lot of time. I've learned a long time ago, don't say that. Because every time I've ever heard people up here say that, they never did what they said. They went on longer than they said they were going I should have learned the lesson. You know, now I shouldn't have criticized them because now I'm here. You know, but anyway, I'm not going to take a lot of time. But Revelation chapter 4, and we're going to pick it up because I keep seeing things about this summoning up into heaven. Come up here. So anyway, chapter 4, after these things, I looked. You'd be a good idea to keep your eyes open in this hour. Be looking And behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. Then it says in verse 2, Immediately I was in the Spirit. Say, in the Spirit. And behold, a throne set in heaven, and one set on the throne. We're We're going to have to operate in the Spirit in this hour. We're going to have to uh, walk by the Spirit. We're going to have to be led by the Spirit. Now, all the sons of God are what? They're led by the Spirit of God. So most of this is faith in what God said, who we are, and what we're called to do. So we're going to walk in the Spirit, but we got to be filled with the Spirit. I was thinking, reading this, Paul Cain gave a word. Now, We've been around a few years. I was Rick Joyner's ministry assistant many, many years ago. And, and, you know, Ed, we have leadership meetings tonight up at the lodge. This will be the first time in all those years that Rick won't be sitting at the head of the table. It's going to be Chris Reed. So it's going to be different. I'm excited about the change. But Rick is all I've ever known. You know I was his assistant and all, but... I'll never forget I was, when I was Rick's assistant, we were in this big house on Lancaster Boulevard. You remember? And that's where the original offices were. And, and Paul Kane was staying upstairs. And my office was downstairs. And they told me, now, Paul is really sensitive. Be very quiet because he gets spooked at things. And anyway, so I was trying to be very quiet. And I was walking around the corner, just really walking really quietly well, me and Paul met. Did it spook Paul? Man, he, I thought he was going to go right then, have the big one, because I scared him, and I just started apologizing. Paul, I'm so sorry to me to scare you, because the Lord would always just appear, and just show up, and anyway, he was spooked that day, but now he's in the presence of the Lord. He's not spooked anymore, but Anyway, I remember Paul said that one million Southern Baptists are going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And guess what? I'm one of them. I was, man, I was born and raised Southern Baptist. Father was a deacon. And I remember they said, you better be careful when the Southern Baptists get the Holy Spirit. 
Because you know you've heard, you know, the, if you have all the word and no spirit, you dry up, right? If you have all the spirit and no word, what do you do? You blow up your balloon, you know. But if you have the word and the spirit, you grow up. And with, you better watch out. So anyway, we're in this season right now. You better watch out. There's a bunch of, how many of you were Southern Baptists? Hey, you better watch. There's a bunch of us. And it's our time anyway. Okay, so just review what's happening. Then I'm going to get to the subject. I really am. I was thinking, God, I don't even have to get to that subject today. I don't even, I don't even care, Lord. I'll just get up and, and I was hoping I'd get stuck to the floor over here or something, you know. But I wasn't. Well, the, the computer got stuck. But anyway, you fixed it. But there were three things that we, okay, he summoned up into heaven. I want to know what's the real reason for this summoning. Why was he called up? And the first one was, remember we said last week, to give him a revelation of Jesus. How many of you think it would be a good idea in this hour if we focus on Jesus and we had a revelation of him? There's an unfolding of him. That's what this day is all about. It's never been about men. We've been singing songs about the one whose eyes are like flames of fire. And we're going to need a revelation of him because if you've seen his face, you can face anything that might come your way that you're going to have to face. And that was the next thing. In the context, I'm just going by the context. He had a revelation of Jesus, then you read the rest of it. Then he had a revelation of all the things that were going to come on the earth, the judgments of God. I saw Franklin Graham yesterday, you know, trumpeting that God is going to judge. He's a great judge. I appreciate Franklin and Billy and just appreciate. It's part of the message. How many of you know? It is appointed man wants to die and then the judgment. And if you and I don't remind the world of that, who else is going to remind them? And, and so we have to do that. But it's a good idea when you're going through these things and the wrath of God that you have a vision of Jesus. And then the last thing was, is, and you can read it all, it's his participation as these events are unfolding. We're no longer casual observers. How many of you know that? I know we've come and we're, you know, we're gathered at the gathering, but you cannot be a casual observer. You are a participant. Things are going to happen. Things that you'd rather had not seen. You, in fact, you read the context, there were things that were pretty eye-popping, earth-shattering, shaking, things like that. But we're going to have to know who we are. We're going to have to know who he is. That's the, the, the only thing I f don't like about that message about know who you are. You got to know who he is in you. Then when you know who you are, you'll have the proper balance. Because whatever you are, it has nothing to do. It's ultimately about who he is. You're in him. I'm in Christ. In Christ, I am. But it's because I'm in Christ. I want you to look at somebody next to you. So just say this. Say, you have been chosen for this hour. You've been handpicked by the Lord from the foundation of the world. You are a chosen generation. Now look them in the eye and mean and say, you are a chosen generation. 
You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation set apart for God and for his purposes. You will not be overcome. Now you're going to have to say that again because I don't know if they believed you. Say, you will not be overcome. But you are an overcomer in this life. In all things, you are more than a conqueror through him who loves you. Okay, now let's make it personal. You guys, are. let's start. I. I have been chosen for this hour. I've been handpicked by the Lord. From the foundation of the world, it was written in the book. I am a chosen generation. I am a royal priesthood. I'm a part of a holy nation set apart for God and his purposes. I will not be overcome. I am an overcomer in this life and in all things. I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. How many of you believe that? Thus saith the Lord. Just quote the scripture. The big thing about this hour, just read the book, believe what you read, and walk in it. Who was the guy? He was one of my heroes. When I was growing up as a young preacher, author blessed. He's the guy that carried, he was at what the minister of Sunset Strip and he went in one day and they had a cross on the wall and the Lord told him, pick up that cross, take it off the wall and carry it around the world. This guy, hey guys, young people, this guy literally carried a gigantic cross and walked around the world. He would go all over. Now, obviously he had to take boats from time to time and, you know, get from place to place I remember one story, you'll love this, because there were some things I remembered that just startled me. I said, God, if he could do it, I want to do this. He was somewhere, and he'd stirred up the local tribe, and they were going to kill him. So they were going to do away with Arthur Blessed. And anyway, they're ready, whatever they had, whatever weapons they had. And they all just started in fright, pointing behind him, and then started running And he wondered what in the world. And uh, they said they saw these gigantic angels standing behind him to protect him. If God sends you on a a mission, do you think the enemy's going to knock you off before you complete your mission? Do you think God, the host of heaven, is about to come to our aid and and be it? I'm telling you, he's going to work with us, heaven with us. Okay, so anyway, let's get to this so I won't be too long. I'm going to fulfill that word because I want us to end. You have something at the end. No way. We never found a table. Yes, we did. We're going to make this the table. So we're going to do it anyway. We're going to have a lot of fun in this hour. Revelation chapter 5, let me just remind you, started talking about the judgments right after he saw all these things. He had to have a revelation of Jesus. We must have a revelation of Jesus to face the things that are coming on the earth. So we got to know him, see him. So anyway, he starts opening the scroll and the seals. Who's worthy? He's the only one that's worthy. And then in verse 10, this is the verse we just touched on last week. And he made us kings 
and priest to our God. And we saw that in the original, it actually means, and he made us a kingdom. Say a kingdom. A kingdom and priest to our God. And we shall reign on the earth. Now, he's king, but he's made us a kingdom of priests. I had a dream. I've had a number of dreams. And many of these dreams I, I've carried all my life. How many of you, you have some dreams you could not forget, that you knew they were, they were for times like this? One of them, I literally believe I'm walking in right now with this Uganda and Africa revival that's breaking out. But there are other things. Some things I dreamed I hope I never see. I just soon, you know, and not every dream is the Lord, right? It could be what you ate the night before. They've always told us, be careful of pizza dreams, things like that, you know. So, I mean, we're not, wait, no, we are. We're, we, yeah, we are. We're, we're going overboard. We believe God speaks to his people. But I know I have to be discerning, and I know these dreams you know, have to be, there has to be a foundation of the word. And uh, because the enemy will throw things our way to get us distracted. That's one of the main things in this hour, to get you distracted. So you won't be in the main thing. Keep the main thing the main thing and follow him. And uh, anyway, in this dream, I'm invited to preach at a church outside of Richmond, Virginia, and it's a prophetic church. I've not seen these guys in years. I hope they're still there. You know, I don't know. I should probably check on them. But in this dream, they invited me to preach, and I'm standing up behind the pulpit, the podium. And they introduced me, and I, and I look out over the crowd, and I said, the kingdom of God is coming. 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 And I said that over and over and over and over again. And when I woke up, I asked the Lord, Lord, what did that mean? You know what he said? He said, it means the kingdom of God is coming. And you better tell him he's coming. And then I've learned over the years, not only is his kingdom coming, it has come. And we're growing in this and we're learning. But I wanted just to... uh, just throw out some things on the kingdom of God because it's going to be a big-time message for this hour in which we're living. To have a kingdom, you have to have three things. You, all of you, most of you talk about the kingdom. Not some of you were. I, when you did a blog or something online, you were touching on some of these things. You got, somebody's got to tell you, so we're telling you guys. Number one, to have a kingdom, you have to have a king. Now, in the kingdom of God, I only know one king, and his name is Jesus. Psalm 10, verse 16 says, The Lord is king forever and ever. How long is he going to be king? Forever. How long is forever? It's forever. It's a long time. Now, we're going to render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. Only the things that are Caesar's, not the things they're telling us are Caesar's. But we're going to render to God the things that are God's. And when the push comes to shove, if we have to choose between the two, we're going to choose King Jesus. Right? Period. Our mind's already made up. We're not going to bow before men. We bow before the king of the universe. Because he's the one we're going to stand before. And so we have to settle it in our mind when we're challenged 
in the days to come who we will serve. We will serve our king. There's no other. We have to be those today in this hour. We've, we've already settled it. It's for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. There's no other plan B, no plan C, B, D. It's only plan A. And then over, you know, in Revelation 19, you don't have to turn there, but he's speaking about Jesus and uh, he's coming to make, he's coming to judge and to make war and on his robe is written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So you have to have a king. Secondly, you have to have what? The subjects. If you're going to have a kingdom, somebody has to bow down and yield submission to that king. Well, who's that? That's me and you. Now, there's no forced submission here. You know, there are religions on the earth, and their name means submission. And you're going to bow. If you don't bow, you're going to, you're going to pay with your price or your life. That's not the kingdom of God. We're not forced. We are freely, willingly offering our life to him. So that's, and then the third thing, you have to have a realm of rule. Where's the realm of the kingdom? Is it with the church down the street? No, those guys over there. No. It's right here, right? The kingdom of God is within you. So here's some things that I found just to throw them out. Number one, the kingdom of God is to have a place of priority in our daily lives and in our prayer, Right? So what did he say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and, and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. How many of you found him faithful in fulfilling that promise? You do your part. Seek that I'm the king. How do you seek the kingdom? Well, you establish wherever you are, whatever you're going through, Jesus is king. Not man, not my own. I'm not king here. He's king, and I've yielded my life and the choices that I make to him. But it's also to be an urgency in prayer. I don't know if we've ever lived in a time. I know we haven't. It is as urgent as it is right now to pray, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The will of God being done, now that takes you and me to walk it out. It's going to be done anyway, but we can submit to the yield, uh, be a part of the will being done, right? By yielding our will to his, but praying, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your rule take place in this nation, in our families, over our cities, over our region. And we're going to shout that. We're going to declare it. We're going to believe it. And then secondly, it was the message that Jesus preached. Remember, he came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And he would heal the sick, raise the dead, but it was the good news. And remember, John heard about Jesus from prison. He said, is he the one? We'd wait for another. He said, well, you go tell John that, you know, the gospel is being preached to the poor, the blind are seeing, the lame are walking. All these things are blessed are those who are not offended because of me. But then he said, you know, Jesus preached repentance. So if he preached the kingdom, he's, the kingdom is now. The kingdom is near. That means we got to repent. we got to change our mind thinking that only the kingdom is coming. Now, that is true. But the kingdom is wherever we show up because he lives in us and the kingdom has come. And anyway, there's a whole bunch more we'll say about that and we'll say it in coming weeks, I have a feeling this is going to be one of our main subjects because 
the message of the kingdom of God is going to be the last message preached on the earth before Jesus comes. How many of you knew that? Now, I've shared with some of you about uh, what happened in Ukraine. Remember? How many of you remember when I was a part of a mission team? Okay, good. Some of you, you've been around a long time. I want to remind you of something. And I've been reminding the Lord of this because you know we're not being told of what's happening in Ukraine. We're not being told the truth. There's been a great slaughter, and it breaks my heart. But I want to tell you, this was right before the, the walls came down, communism fell. I was invited to be a part of a mission team, and um, I'm going to get the story right this time. They did have an interpreter, but we were stuck at the hotel, and uh, Dean Simpson went off with the interpreter somewhere, and I didn't go to Ukraine to sit in my hotel. I did turn on the TV to see what was on a Soviet Union television, and I remember it was snowy. Couldn't hardly make anything. Couldn't understand a word they said. So I said, I'm not going to sit in here and watch TV. This is boring. So I, I went out and said, hey, let's go to the park. They said, David, we don't have an interpreter. I don't care. Let's go. Let's go. So we got a team, and we went to the park. We stood up on the bench. How many of you have never heard the story? Most all of you have never heard it. So we're standing up on a bench. You know, this is a communist nation. And I'm preaching John 3.16. And nobody's understanding a word I say. So we said, does anybody speak English in the crowd? And a woman, she's got blonde hair. She raises her hand. She says, I'm an English professor. I speak English. So she comes up. We said, would you interpret for us? And uh, we want to share the gospel with the people. She said, no, I don't believe in your God. My father is a part of the Communist Party. And we're atheists and we don't believe in God. And we said... You don't have to believe anything. Just give us a voice. She said, well, I need and practice my English, so I'll do that. And so she, standing down there, Ludmilla out of Mosca, and after the next little gospel message, she turns around with her hand in my face. Ludmilla, why are you raising your hand? She said, I want to know this Jesus you're talking about. We said, no, you're in the interpreter. You're an atheist. She said, not anymore, and she stayed with us. It was an amazing story. And we saw hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. We went from park to park. All of those cities that they say nothing's happening, and we know a lot's happening, and we know the death and destruction. Anyway, I'm believing God. But, you know, before we got into that country, I may have shared this with you before. We're in the bus at this place where they're checking our passports. You've got to have a passport to get in a communist country. Now, you can get in this country, would just walk over the... Anyway, that's a different subject. But in that country, you had to have a passport, and they took forever. And we thought they were turning us down. We were at the, in, in Poland, at the border, and it took forever, and every people were starting to get concerned. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, turn to Matthew 24, 14. And I turned to Matthew 24, 14, and guess what it said? And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. And I shared that on the bus. 
Guess what happened right after that? Dean Simpson comes with all of our passports. You've been approved. And we were one of the first mission teams into the, at that time, the Soviet Union. It was a few months after that the walls came down to share the gospel. And we went all over preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And I'll never forget, they'd not heard the gospel in 70 years. And the tears would roll down their faces. And there were just multitudes and multitudes of people. But that was one of the scriptures. Another scripture, and this is what I'm clinging to today. When we were in the hotel, we were praying before we went out, and the Lord gave us a verse. He said, where the Lord, he he reminded us, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. And I'm hanging on to that verse today, that the fruit is remaining in, in Ukraine. And thank God this gospel is going to be preached And all the world is a witness to all the nations before the end comes. How many of you are going to get in on that? That's what we're here for. He's anointing us. He's equipping us. I'm telling you, some of you young people, you're going to be fiery men and women. You already are. There's a move of God that's begun. Well, it's just not to make you feel good. It's to get you ready to do the will of the Father. And you're going to be mighty in the days to come, in the days that are at hand. And then the next thing about the kingdom is that we're receiving a kingdom which what? Cannot be shaken. How many of you would agree there's a little bit of shaking going on? Now, we already know who's doing the shaking. It's not the devil. Say, it's not the devil. People blame the devil for things the devil has nothing to do with. God said, yet once more, and I shake. Not only the heavens, but the earth. I'm going to shake everything that can be shaken. So that all those things that were man-made, you know, they're going to fall to the ground. But that which is not made of man, that which is of the kingdom, will last forever. And I was thinking about some of the things that are going to be shaken. Now, first of all, the word shaken means to stir up, agitate. You ever get agitated? Disturb mentally. Things going on today disturb you mentally until you remember, wait a minute. I'm not of this world. I'm not of fear. I have love, power, and a sound mind. I'm not going to be disturbed mentally. Just look at yourself and say, I will not be disturbed mentally. I have a sound mind. It also means ready to fall or near to ruin. That's what the word shaken means. So what's being shaken in this hour? Well, everything. Let me get specific. Your doctrines and my doctrines. Have you noticed some of the doctrines that people held dear to are being shaken to the core? And you don't hear them proclaiming those doctrines quite as much as they used to. You know, the only thing I know to do, if the ship is being shaken, you might want to let go. Don't go down with your ship. Another thing is earthly governments. Now, I'm so grateful to be an American And we are, and we're going to do our duty. Man, that's where we are. But what kingdom is going to last forever? The only one I know is the kingdom that shall know no end. And so we might want to make sure. And then financial systems. Now, I know what some of you are wondering about. And I'm wondering too, you know, what's coming next? We found out a few things about the leadership of that bank in California. 
that, first of all, they had no business even running a bank. And when you find out some of the details, you'll understand. But anyway, there's things, the financial markets are being shaken. Can you hear them? Man, I can hear it right now. I can hear the change rumbling. Well, you know, I wonder, it's just a wonder. I wonder if this could possibly be a little bit of what Jesus was talking about when he said, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven with the moth and the rust cannot destroy. And I wonder if it's really true that the riches of this, his grace, we will never, never run out of. I have a feeling it's going to be exactly as he said. So anyway, our relationships that were not God-centered are being shaken. I think Christ is to be the center of everything. You know, they say, no, there's separation of church. No, there's not. The kingdom is to come into every sphere of society. He wants to be Lord of all, not Lord just in certain segments. And then promises of man versus promises of God. But then I read this this morning. I had to throw it in. Job 38. God is asking Job. He's reminding Job. Hey, Job, there's some things you can't do. Basically nothing. There's nothing you can do, but it's all I can do. He says, have you commanded the morning or caused the dawn to know its place that it might take hold of the ends of the earth and the wicked be shaken out of it? Now think about it. The wicked being shaken out of it. Who's going to inherit the earth? Wait a minute. They said it on this side. Who's going to inherit the earth? The righteous are going to inherit the earth. So what better way than to shake the tar out of the wicked? Now, if you're like me, I'd like to shake some of them right now. I'd like to shake them, you know, because we want them to come to the knowledge of the truth. Well, maybe the shaking will do some of that. And maybe it won't. We'll leave it up to God. But there are things that can't be shaken, and that is the kingdom of God. Now, there's a whole bunch more. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in what? Power. Men. In other words, you look it up, it means the kingdom of God is not a lot of talk. Now, I know Hebrews says that there's the word of his power. And so... You know, we don't throw away the word, but we want the power of God. We got to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall be witnesses. You're going to walk in power. The Holy Spirit comes into us first, right? But then he's supposed to come upon us. And that's what I believe he wants to do. Now, I know that that we've, we've trumpeted this message, the church I'm speaking of, But it's time to trumpet it again. It's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. And God wants to baptize his people in a fresh anointing, a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And it's going to be, we're going to be in the spirit. If you're in the spirit and you're living in the world, but you're not of the world, you're going to have a far better chance of walking through whatever you have to walk through. So everybody in agreement? Okay, we're going to pray in just a little bit. God, send the Holy Ghost. We need the anointing fresh in this place. We need to be filled with the Spirit. Some of you, you, you've never been filled. This is your day. And then the kingdom of God is eternal. Say eternal. 
It's everlasting. Psalm 145, 13. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The kingdom of God is not here for a time and then gone. It's here for the duration. For the duration. This thing, they're not going to take a break. God said, okay, darkness is too great now. We're going to have to slide back a little bit and recess. No, the kingdom is everlasting. And then the next thing is, it's always increasing, and that's Isaiah chapter 9. What does that scripture say? Of the increase of the government and of his what? His peace. There shall be no end. I saw this Second uh, Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. It says, and there was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. But David grew stronger and stronger, and the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. Now, I know it seems as if our enemies are growing stronger. And it looks like that in many ways. And it looked like that in many ways to David. Saul was in constant pursuit. I have a feeling Saul's armies had to have been better financed. They had to be the loudest. They were the one making the most noise. They had the media on their side. And it seemed like they were the ones gaining the ground. But the scripture says Saul was growing weaker and weaker, and David was growing mightier and mightier. And then Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is not eat or drink, but it's three things. What is it? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, you know what that means. We talked about it before. You guys still with me? Because we have to talk about this. Okay, righteousness in the midst of gross wickedness. That means you can walk in righteousness when everyone around you is saying, no, there are 33 genders. You can still walk in a straight and narrow line. No, I'm going to walk the righteous way. There's righteousness in the midst of gross wickedness and then peace in the midst of war. There are a lot of people saying war is coming. Every day when we pray on Monday mornings here and whenever we pray, God, restrain. Lord, restrain the, the, the works of darkness. You're the one that can cause wars to cease to the ends of the earth. And so we're praying that prayer. You know, help has to be a little bit upset with the body of Christ because we have to be foiling some of their plans. And I know Jesus said there will be wars and rumors of wars. Those Okay, Lord, we'll be ready. But not before you've said, thus saith the Lord. And so, Lord, we're asking you to restrain the powers of darkness and the plans of man to bring about a premature war. Because the drum beats are louder and louder than they've ever been. But we're going to have peace regardless in the midst of war. How many of you say that? Peace. I'm going to have peace. I give unto you. And then joy in the midst of sorrow. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, that's what I really was asking God to do today. Lord, just release joy. I'm going to ask him, Lord, release joy. Release joy in this place. We're, we're, we, we really need that. The joy of the Lord is our strength, not our own joy. It's the joy of the Lord. And, uh, Lord, you said in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And then the last thing, 
And it's just the last thing I got down because there's a bunch of more about the kingdom. Because we have to focus on this gospel of the kingdom. Whatever we preach, whatever, I mean, this is the last message. It's not all these other gospels. There are going to be a lot of counterfeits, a lot of things people say, no, you got to trumpet this message. No, the last day church will trumpet the gospel of the kingdom of God. That will be their primary focus, their message. Why? Because the king is coming. And the king is coming to reign on the earth. But here's the last one. The kingdom of God suffers violence. And the violent sit back and let somebody else do it. No. They take it. They take it. They were talking about that. Take it. You're going to have to get a little radical here, guys. Going to have to get a little bit righteously angry. I told you last week about that guy that beat me up all the time when I was a little kid. How I would hide in the showers at the Y. And um, it was terrible. Chicken. Chicken. That's what I was. Remember I told you. And then I just made up my mind. I said, wait a minute. I'm tired of hiding in the showers. It was in the YMCA. Because I didn't want to run into that guy. Because he picked on me all the time, and I just said, that's enough. I've had enough. Next time I hear his voice, I'm going after him with everything I've got. And I went after Walter. That was his name. Man, I was spitting, shouting, screaming. I might have said a few cuss words. Forgive me. I'm sorry. I was just, I was a kid. I wanted to scare the living daylight out of him. And I told you, that was the last time Walter ever picked on me. And I remember when he went out, I just, man, I bowed up. I wasn't that big then. I'm not that big now. But I thought, man, well, you're going to have to get a little angry, okay? Because let me tell you what, you're a lot bigger than you think you are. The greater one. There's a greater one. There's a mightier one. There's a holy one. There's a warrior. A warrior living inside of you. The overcomer. And that's what I want to pray for faith. Just to release faith and a fresh release in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, okay? Some of you are visiting. This may be the only time you've shown up. I don't know, but we won't, you're not going away from here empty. And you're not going away from here the way you came, all right? This is not, these are not normal times, but you're not normal people. Just ask your enemies. They'll tell you you're not normal. No, we don't want to be normal. We don't want to be, you are a peculiar people. So anyway, let's stand and we're going to pray. Come on up, guys, and worship. And, and then I want my friend, he had a word, but I'm going to pray. And then you come up and share the word. And uh, this is how we'll leave. I'm just opening the altar. This is precious. And I believe God's going to give people words of knowledge and words of wisdom. And um, so anyway, Lord, we just thank you, God, for your word. There's the word of your power. Lord, we also agree the kingdom of God is not in word but in power. 
And so, Lord, we just, Lord, I thank you. Some of us are part of that prophecy that Paul Cain spoke of that would believe the word but also be filled with the Holy Spirit. And there's a bunch of us. And we're ready, Lord, and we just bless the name of Jesus. We honor you in this place. Lord, I thank you. There's a fresh baptism. There's a fresh anointing coming upon the body of Christ in this nation to be, to rise up and be the church that will bring our Savior, our King, great glory in this hour. Thank you. We're part of a kingdom and priest unto our God. And Lord, I pray right now for a fresh anointing. Now, if you want this, just raise your hand because we receive from heaven. And I thank you for all the anointings and the infillings. You know, that's why Ephesians says, be ye filled. means continually. So we don't want to be those who say, well, I'm rich, increased with goods. No, we're desperate. We're hungry, God. We're poor. We're, we're needy. And we cry out to heaven, God, for the, all that heaven has for this hour. So, Lord, I pray right now for a fresh outpouring, a fresh anointing for those in this place, those that are watching, a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you. It was by faith we were saved. By faith, most of us, it's the way we got the baptism of the Spirit. I mean, there was evidence, but ultimately it was by faith. We received by faith. So, Lord, we receive right now fresh baptism, fresh empowerment. God, we got to have power for this hour, for this day, for the mission that's at hand. Thank you for all the previous anointings. But I pray for now, fresh anointing. March 19th, 2023. Lord, I pray you release faith, gifts of faith in the people to believe what you've said about them, that they are much larger than they think they are because of the greater one, the greater one, the holy one, the mighty one. And Lord, I thank you for this morning. God, I thank you. There's going to be testimonies of what you've done in this place and what you're doing online that are going to be shouted and give Jesus the praise that is due his name Lord, we here in Moravian Falls, we're saying yes to all that is in your heart. And we know the ultimate purpose is that the Lamb would receive the glory that's due His name. So that's where we're signing up for today, Lord. That's all of us. Lord, would you receive the glory? The Lamb of God, receive the glory that's due His name. And we'll give you all the glory. We give you all the glory.